Hi, this is Bex, and you're listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. Hey guys, what's up? Matthew Scott here. You're listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. Hey, this is Angie Scarpa from Black Sabbath, and you are listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. What's going on? This is DOAZ for Shoulda Move, Shoulda Move, Shoulda Move, and I see y'all over there. Y'all doing what you're doing. You guys getting paid? Hey, this is Pake Allen, and you are listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. Hi guys, it's Sam from Dream Eater, and you guys are listening to You Guys Are Getting Paid. We got another... East Texas deep cut banger. Do you watch any TV shows? Are you looking for some to watch? How many podcasters can we have in one room? One, because we do this show remote. Are you looking to join our team? Just kidding. We don't have any other people on our team. What's the coldest weather you've ever been in? Can't wait for our newest season. You don't have to right here on you guys are getting paid. Welcome back to another episode of You Guys Are Getting Paid, the podcast where we talk to musicians from some time in the era of the time that I know them or have known them. Sometimes I don't know them at all, but basically it's a show about music. It's a podcast about music. I've decided since uh, I never tell people what the show is about in the beginning, we're going to start doing that. As always, I am your host, Patrick Sanders. Season four, episode one, Pake Allen. He, who is Pake Allen? Well, well you're going to learn about him. He's a, he's a pretty rad dude, though, if I do say so myself. He uh, went to school. With me, with he and I went to school together. That is what I am trying to say. And he has two really awesome podcasts. He also gets to go to different conventions and do panels and things like that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk to him. Uh, it's definitely it's, it's a cool episode. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be doing the show. I'm so happy that Pate joined me. He's just an absolute pleasure to talk to and to be around. He's always been one of the most positive people that I've known. And I'm very fortunate to have known him and, you know, just had him, had him in my life, no matter how uh, close or far we are. And we've never been like the closest friends, but you know, he's just an individual. You'll hear about it. You'll hear all about it. I'm, I'm hyping him up right now. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to oversell it, but he's a great, he's a great fella. But before we get into that, Let's uh, let's talk about you guys. Hey, so uh, today we have a sponsor for the show. It is no one, but you could sponsor the show if you want to. Let us know. We'd love to have you on. And uh, <laughs> so dumb. Feel free to follow us and check us out. We've got you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at you guys pod. If you are a musician or someone who knows or has been in a musician or has played in bands or has done anything in that kind of industry, book shows, done merch, been a photographer for bands. I don't give a fuck. You're a social media motherfucker person. Hit us up. You guys pod at gmail.com. We want to interview a lot of people. We are not turning anyone away still, but we are not doing them as frequently as we were. So hit us up. Try to talk to us. Uh, I also want to shout out our listeners. Thank you everybody who has been, here supporting us and helping us out and just listening. There's a lot of people from like 20 different countries that listen to us and it means a lot. So let's get to your uh, regularly scheduled programming and I hope you like the show. We have uh, a lot of really good season or a lot of really good shows this season coming up and uh, I think it's going to be a, a season to remember. Let's get to the show. All 
All right, without further ado, let's welcome in our guest, Paik Allen. Paik, it's been a long time. How are you, man? I am great. It has been a long time, other than, man, just like a month ago, I saw you for the first time in a long time at Unsilent Night, and then, yeah, before that, God, it's been like years. <laughs> Pull back the kimono. Paik caught me, uh, he exposed me, I lied to you guys. It has only been three weeks. <laughs> um so what's good pal it's 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 january it's 2022 what, what have you been getting into today or so far this month how's it been going ah yeah so far uh been good i've most of my i, I like worked overnight new year's eve and into new year's so i didn't get too crazy celebration or anything but it's been pretty chill i've been had like the week off so catching up on tv shows and and relaxing to start off the year has been nice <laughs> What have you been watching? Oh man, there's so many good things. Uh, so I, I do, and I'm sure I'll plug all of this stuff later on. If you give me the chance to, I will go forever. But because uh, I do my own podcast, so uh, the t- covering TV shows and stuff. So we've been covering the new Dexter uh, revival show, Dexter New Blood, and so that has been incredible. But then also just like Book of Boba Fett has been so good, and then Cobra Kai season four is out. So I've been nerding out on all of my great. TV shows <laughs> just started the Witcher too, even though season two just dropped. I just started season one. I'm a little late on that one, but I'm loving so far what I've seen. Which, um, which one of them have you been watching the longest? Well, I guess maybe Dexter because it's older. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Dexter for sure. As far as counting everything. Cause this, this is like a new, like one season, Reboot? like re- revival series. Yeah. But because it's been like 10 years since the original uh, like series ended. What do you think of it so far? Man, I'm absolutely loving it. Because I'm anybody who's watched Dexter and is a big fan of Dexter will tell you that the ending sucked. <laughs> that it was awful. They did not stick the landing of that series. And so for 10 years, I've just been like that like bad taste in my mouth. Where I'm like, I'm like yeah, God, I loved Dexter, but ugh, that ending. And so this was kind of their way to like, okay, we understand that we screwed that up. So let us fix it and continue on a little bit and try to, to right our wrongs. And I think they've done a really good job at that. Like the finale is next week. So it's been only, you know, it's only 10 episodes, but yeah, I think they have accomplished their goal in fixing the problems that they created with that original finale. And so I'm, I'm happy with them again once more. <laughs> What's more, he's like I'm in. What what else? You said you've been catching up on TV shows, and what else you uh you've been doing? What are your podcasts? Let's talk about them real quick. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. So I do two podcasts. Uh, one is called Run for Your Lives podcast, which is a like monster movie, creature features, disaster flicks. So we've done everything from Jurassic Park to Twister to Jaws to Gremlins. You know, we're we're all over the place on that stuff, and then even some kind of like sci-fi. Like newer stuff, we did like, you know, A Quiet Place and Tomorrow War and stuff like that. And that's really fun just to break those down and nerd out about movies. And then the other one, the TV show one, is called Strange Indeed on the Podcastica Network. And yeah, so it started as a Stranger Things podcast, but it's hard to podcast about a show that gives you like eight or nine episodes every three years. So yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of, so in the meantime, so we cover all kinds of Netflix shows and like streaming sci-fi and horror and kind of twisty shows. What do you, um, how long have you been doing them, I guess? Um, so Strange Indeed has been going for like four years. That was original two different hosts. And then I was just a listener and I was a big fan of it. 
And then I became friends with the people at the network and everything. And so when one of those co-hosts left, I jumped in as the new co-host and I've been doing that for a little over a year. And I actually started Run For Your Lives with another friend of mine that same week. So I went from having no podcasts to two weekly at the same time. And I've been doing that for a little over a year for both of those. That's incredible. Um, you guys have a standard schedule that yeah. you put out content? Yeah, pretty much. So Run For Your Lives, we're out every Friday. And then Strange Indeed is usually Wednesdays or Thursdays. It's up. Depends on when we can record, with what when the TV shows air and get around to it. And it's usually pretty regular. And then sometimes we'll take a little break between shows for a, you know a week to a month, depending on what's coming out on different things. Different platforms. What are you guys covering stuff. right now? So yeah, so uh, yeah, so wrapping up Dexter. We just wrapped up uh, Lock and Key season two as well. And then after that, we may take a couple of weeks off, and then I think we'll finally jump into season three of You. I have never seen that show, but they covered it previously with the other host before I jumped uh, joined, and it was a pretty big hit, and a lot of people seem to like it. So I'll. Binge through the first two seasons, and then we'll. I think we'll do that. I think that's our plan. And then we just for Run for Your Lives. It's just a different movie every week. We just did Jurassic World. We love the Jurassic stuff, so we're going back. I love the Dino those. movies. Yeah, so Man, Dominion comes out. You put out a next. Dino in a movie. Yeah, I'm fucking in. <laughs> right. So yeah, Dominion is the new Jurassic World movie comes out in summer. So we're trying to catch up and do. So we just dropped Jurassic World. So we still got to do Fallen Kingdom, and then we're doing the Camp Cretaceous on Netflix uh, a season at a time. So, yeah, lots of Jurassic stuff. But then I think we just, uh, next week, we'll do a, an episode on Last week in, or last Night in Soho, the new Edgar Wright movie. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fanboy, favorite director. So that was a fun one to do. Let's talk about the Jurassic Park new one, the new trailer, because I haven't got to talk to anybody about it. <laughs> I don't think I've even seen it, actually, honestly. Um, I, it, okay. I, I, I avoid it, trailers a lot now, just because I like going in blind. I don't know what the trailer does. I don't know. I, I've i never seen a trailer like this. Let mm-hmm. me just say it like that. Okay. And I was watching it and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so if you do end up watching it, which I, I understand not watching a lot of trailers. I try not to. Um, but this one popped up on my uh, YouTube and I was like, I have a feeling it has something to do with somebody bringing some dinosaurs back and it going wrong. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's a good like, place Let me to see. start. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, something. It's going to be, I'm, God, it's going to have something to do with some motherfuckers looking at dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling shit's not going to work out. Right. And Chris Pratt's going to be like, oh, I'm in the wrong movie. I'm playing <laughs> Mario in this one too. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so, um, it's just really interesting. I'll say that. I haven't seen Last Night in Soho, though, but I've heard a lot of good things. Oh, yeah. It's fucking great. It just... Oh, man. Uh, it's it's a thriller horror, but if you've watched Edgar Wright's stuff before, which he's known for... I mean, he did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So, like, music and... You know, music is a character in his movies, and everything works to, like, the beat of the music. The soundtrack carries his movies. And... Last Night in Soho is no different where, I mean, just everything is, it's all 60s. It's a lot of classic music. 
and everything just runs in tandem with the story. And so it's uplifting and beautiful, but also horrifying and terrifying. It's great. <laughs> That's actually a really good segue since this is a music podcast. Yes. Let's, let's sway into music. Um, so the first thing that we always go into, we're going to get into how we met and all that stuff. But in the intro, as you heard, um, I've known Pake for quite some time, but we have not caught up in a bit. So let's talk about the first thing that we always talk about, which is what have you been listening to? What is on your what is on your recently played? Yeah, it's funny. I actually just did just for my own pleasure. And I have a few friends who enjoy that. I do it. My like top nine albums of the year. I also uh, am one that enjoys this. If you do you post it on Facebook, right? Yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I post it. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, I can kind of run down like just kind of my favorite albums of the year. Um, oh, typically you have a lot of like heavier music and stuff on here, which I still do have uh, like metalcore and deathcore. Uh, there, there's a place in my heart for that stuff for sure, but it's typically not what is on my my rotation playlist a lot nowadays. I kind of <laughs> mellowed out on a lot of stuff. I enjoy a lot more pop and hip hop and kind of indie stuff, but man, my playlist everywhere. If I go on long drives, I have like a like playlist with like 2000 songs on it that just shuffles and literally it'll go from like Johnny Cash to like NWA to 21 Pilots to Lorna Shore to, you know, like it's just all over the place. So it says I've mellowed out, proceeds the name heaviest band in the scene at the moment. Right. <laughs> hey, like I said, there's still a place in my heart for it. Every now and then I just need to bang my fucking head. So I, 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 it's there. I, it's not like I've been like, oh yeah, I've grown out of heavy music. No, because you don't grow out of that because it's shit's good. Like good music is good music, no matter what it sounds like. And uh, so yeah, so but you know, it, people <laughs> tend to think maybe it's a little cliche or whatever. But I mean, honestly, Twenty One Pilots is my favorite band. Uh, they put out a hell of an album this year. I love just the concepts and everything that goes into it. There's like a layer under everything that uh, Tyler Joseph writes that there's like a whole world that if you dig into, to their songs and their albums, like it all tells a story that's intertwined. And I love that. Uh, so the other albums I love this year, AJR another super poppy band right now that people are, you know, love, but they're very creative. Everything they make all these different beats with using weird sounds and, I love really creative stuff. I've got some hip hop on my, my top album, like Yellow Wolf, put out a great album. Love Yellow Wolf. NF is an incredible rapper. Uh, Lil Nas. Man, X. I get hate for saying that he's dope. NF, dude, he's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, somehow he doesn't say bad words. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. He, he manages to be like, have like one of the best flows and, honestly one of the best rappers i've heard nowadays and and yeah it does everything clean he comes from a christian background a lot of his music is kind of faith-based but he's not super in your face about it and so that's that's cool um i appreciate that yeah and then yeah, i didn't X, even course, know put out his debut album and lol let's follow up the christian one with the one that put out the, the satan shoes Dude. let's go I'm yeah I, I almost bought i almost bought those shoes i was so tempted man <laughs> they were wild yeah. I'm a big that was my number one artist on Spotify this year. Oh yeah, which one? Was Lil, Lil Nas, Lil Nas X. X, yeah. Montero's shit bangs. It's good. 
I don't even, he's like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of like, you know, radio friendly, if you want to call it that stuff now, but like, like I said, good music is good music, no matter what it is. Uh, Phineas had a great debut album this year, which is for people who don't know, that is uh he's the producer. He writes the music for Billie Eilish. He's her brother. And so he also has a great voice though. So he did his own like debut solo album this year. Weezer put out two albums that were both. You said that and I was like, Phineas. I was like, they've been out for years, bro. Yeah, not not the not the metalcore band. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, different different Phineas. Yeah, Weezer. As soon as you said, I was like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, the other Phineas. (laughs) It could be some confusion. Uh, A day to remember. I loved their album this year. That's like another like could be a sore spot in the scene. People talking about like bands that they will say have sold out because their sound has changed but again i i mean the way that i listen to music and like the kind of music i like has changed a lot and still a lot of those similar veins so for me personally it's kind of selfish maybe and i'm like i kind of like a lot of these bands mellowing out and chilling out and writing more catchy you know audience friendly for other people who don't love you know heavy heavy music as much to, to be able to branch out and find those stuff. So like a day to remember, I love their new album, like the newer bring me the horizon stuff. I absolutely love like BMTH is one. I figured you were right going to touch on them for sure. Yeah, Cause yeah. they definitely did that. They're like the number mm-hmm. one and it sounds great every time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, was it a uh, survival horror post human or like that album they put out last year is great. And it has some really heavy moments, but then like they had a feature with baby metal. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty wild. Yeah. Kingslayer. That song is dope. So, yeah. Uh, I'm all over the board, man. Yeah, uh, my friends, I have a couple of friends who live in Alabama. They're a married couple. Go by the name Fire Kid. And it's like bluegrassy folk music mixed with like lo-fi uh, beats and like electronic stuff. It's very unique, but I love what they do. So yeah, that's probably like my top albums, kind of what I've really been listening to a lot lately. Hell yeah. If um I love that you had it ready to go. That's <laughs> it's that's pretty amazing. Um, all right, so I guess my turn. Um before before I do that, let's uh if you were gonna nominate uh, nominate, nominate it's you're till you're doing awards pick. All right. I hope you're ready. Um but if you were gonna tell the viewers like two of those albums to listen to, which two would you choose? I know that's hard, but I didn't make you choose just one. Right. Let's see. I'm I'm a <laughs> maybe I'm I'm pandering a little bit because I know I know that there's a more heavy music audience on this, so I'll pull one that I didn't mention in here that I'll definitely give a you know I'll, I'll give all of those even though those were my top. There'll be honorable mentions come and cheat a little bit and pull. I don't, our number ones. one listener listens to nothing but the Grateful Dead and Fish. So nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'll pull two random ones that were pretty high on my list. Didn't quite make like that top nine that are on two opposite ends. Um, 303 finally put out a new album this year. It's like the like sequel to want, which is need. Uh, and it's a lot of that kind of classic style at 303. I highly recommend checking that out if you're a fan of them at all, because they came back swinging. And then for the more heavy metalcore fans, We Butter the Bread with Butter put out Das Album this year. Those guys, if you don't know who We Butter the Bread with Butter is, 
they're this German duo. All of their lyrics are in German, but they're just like German electronic metalcore. It's heavy, but it's insane. It's wacky. Like they just have fun with what they're doing. Like wow, that sounds um, are just nonsensical, but it's it's heavy and it's crazy. Our German fans are going to be super stoked that you said that. <laughs> it's true. We have like a four percent of our listenership is Germany. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a lot of like overseas listeners, so I'm excited. Um, cool. So you guys hear it here first. Pake said we butter the bread with butter. Yeah. And after you said that, I couldn't believe that you said it. And the first one you said was, oh, "Fuck." Did you say? Is that three oh three? No. Check out 303's new album. I was like, it's a Denver band. Why can't I think of it? Right. <laughs> it's like, you're in that area. I was like, come on. <laughs> I was like, they came out swinging from a South Denver basement, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So for me, I've been, I put together a 2022 list. Nice. I, I, I put together playlists from time to time. And um, it's got Island Boy on it. Just going to okay. say it. <laughs> I'm not listening to it, ironically. I genuinely like it. I will be honest with you. Like I was kind of late to that. I remember like seeing the memes and being like, "What? What is this?" Finally, I gave in. I was like, "Okay, I'm going on a deep dive. I need to see exactly what this is." And as I'm listening to, it, I was like, "Why is everybody talking shit? These guys are actually kind of good. Like, like yeah, they look goofy and it's kind of like whatever, but I mean, it's it's catchy as shit. It's not bad." <laughs> well, and the the song with uh, I'm not even gonna attempt to say who the feature is but it's the one with them as on the cartoon on spotify mm-hmm. that's that song bangs i don't care what you say <laughs> shit shit absolutely slaps and honestly more power to them but uh that and then the song frozen by madonna but also that one that's on the remix that they've recently made of frozen so good okay. i don't know if you've heard it but it's really not. tight <laughs> go on hitting it back a little bit some inner circles, some uh, MJ, and not talking Michael Jordan, uh, some tonic. Um, been listening to a lot of Fox Era. Uh, let's see who else. Goo Goo Dolls and some Eagle Eye Cherry. All right, <laughs> pretty wild. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of been like it. I've just been listening to a lot of random weird shit. A lot of like, a bit. The biggest thing that I've been doing is I'll go to Spotify and I'll type in like. Hits from this year. And I've been listening to like from the 80s all the way, like every year from like 1980 all the way to 2005 to see like how far back and exactly like pinpoint like where a lot of my music taste comes from and what yeah. year it is. And there's a lot of 96 and a lot of 2002. So apparently like those were some really formative years of songs that like I really clung, like clung to. Clinged? Clinged? Clinged to. Clanged. I clanged to them clanged. songs. And they were Clangity clang, boy. I went on them songs and I was like, I'm holding on like a bucket of barrels and a monkey full of barrels. A monkey full of barrels. Yes. So, <laughs> God. So, um, that's kind of what I've been up to in listening to because it's just been interesting. And it's been, uh, 86 has some really, some bangers, man. 86 has some good bangers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so it's yeah, been, been weird listening in just those years. Cobra Kai, so a lot of the '80s is heavily in there right now. <laughs> right, so all the songs are just like Woo! It's all '80s, yeah. all '80s, all the time. Flash FM. <laughs> so, oh man! All right, so we're gonna we're gonna. I feel like we we did a good open segment here. We're gonna jump in to the first question for you, man. 
All right. So the first question I ask people I know is, how did you meet me? Do you remember how we met? Well, we went to high school together. Well, so uh, yes, there's obviously uh, that. <laughs> but we weren't really in the same like circles in high school. You were full on band kid. Uh, and it's I true. was more of a theater geek. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of, I did more of the theater stuff. So we didn't like, so we had like acquaintances and like some friends that kind of crossed over mutual friends and stuff. But like, we didn't really hang in high school that much where I really got to like know you and like spend time with you and hang out was definitely the early, like while we were in high school and then like right after high school, like the, the metal core scene and stuff in Tyler uh, doing shows. I mean, I can go all the way back to like the spot, uh, <laughs> but even before that, I mean like, you know, I go over to new Long covenant. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I booked you guys for, I was doing, sh- I was booking shows for a new covenant to try to do like stuff with that. That was kind of where and I it started. snowed. It was, all, it was so, I loved that show <laughs> sleep now before they were sleep now played. Yeah. Uh, and... God, what was, I wish I could remember. I think, I think I had a bullet for pretty boy. I think so. Headlining that show, and that was still that was pre Danan. I think Scott I think was still their vocalist at that time. Darwin and Lies might have played. Maybe. Uh, man, who else was? I mean, because I know I had you guys on there. I had some band God, from Winsboro wish... that came in. Wait, was it Screams the Villain? It was Screams the Villain. That's. I was gonna say, was it Dallas and them? Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> Shout out Dallas Browning. I'm gonna um, text him after this and be like, talk "Trainwreck Orchestra." I remember that was the name of. Wow, why does that is that, that Nick? Maybe is that Nick uh, from Mineola? It could be. Again, it's like it's so far back. Like I remember some of the names of the bands. Like I didn't even know if I remember like meeting all of the people. But it was just... definitely Nick Smith because he had those other bands too. Mm-hmm. because he was in a band with Kyle at yeah. one point. Wow, Trainwreck Orchestra. Dude, I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it was so cold that night. I don't know how I remember that. That was like 2008 or nine. Like, it doesn't mm. make any sense. doesn't. Um, so you were saying that most of the time you we got to go to each other probably in what, probably like 2010, 11, 12, mostly, yeah. maybe a little bit in nine. Yeah. Because when did a... you, you graduate? I graduated in 2010. Yeah, I was going to say you were two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So do you remember what's a, I guess that, I guess, uh, do you have a first memory at all? I don't I remember don't, anything before new covenant. Yeah. I don't know if I can pull from that. Cause that, cause I definitely use again, cause I saw you in the halls in high school and then you knew saw you Chris, at shows. I feel like Johnson. Yeah. And that's how I feel like I knew you. Cause I feel like we were in different theater classes. Cause I was always in Danforth's classes with the older kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's how, the, that's how it happened, guys. Yeah, those, those old new covenant, like the sh- church that I went to at the day, like, I'm surprised that they gave this, they gave me the opportunity. It was like, yeah, I'm going to book a bunch of metal bands and let them wreak havoc on these poor people here at this church. Do you I mean, find it hard to explain to I had Fit for a King headline that... one of them. One yeah, I know. With Keep the like, Heat, I think was on that one. Like, oh God, man. <laughs> dude, those songs that they put out, my skin has turned gang green. Yeah. Uh, dude, dude, people are going to be like, what? And if you know the glass balloon misery or whatever the fuck it was, 
Shit's tight. I think I still have it on an iPod somewhere. <laughs> I shit you not. I think I have that, and I have like a bunch of old Everly stuff and old Tip for a King stuff and old Bullet for Pretty Boy with Scott on it. Yeah. Man, I remember old... playing shows with like Everly and From C Came Ruin with Geo. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> From Z came ruined. So these are all old East Texas bands, and I'm sorry, probably listeners are like, "Who the fuck? What is all this?" So yeah, everybody's none got of their these bands old... exist anymore. This is all East Texas like local scene from the early two, 2010s, like the early aughts, my guys. <laughs> yeah. So, or as all of my British listeners, the Nazis. So uh, I don't know if you know that. that's what they call the aughts. So it's a. Uh, the, you know, everybody's got your old local bands that you you went to when you grew up, and you're like, man, yeah. wow. And if you if you're listening to this show and you don't know what that feeling is like, you just need to get with your friends and make a shitty local band and go play a bunch of shows so that you have right. these memories. So I was I was in a number of shitty local bands that play shows, <laughs> and it's fun on both ends. It's fun to be there and it's fun to play, where you're just it, playing to like twenty people and just making noise and, and having fun with it. And damn, you got to play somewhere. to twenty people. <laughs> <laughs> This guy was bucking balling. <laughs> you guys are getting paid? No. No. So uh, we, we got paid for one show. Uh, and it was literally enough for us to go to Whataburger after the show. And it was all gone. Of course it was. And of course <laughs> that's what we did with it. Yeah. That's that's classic. <laughs> um, so what's the very first band that made you want to rock out and like really got you to love music? Because obviously the way that... We know each other, and I know there's a lot of other things that you like, and you're a very well-rounded individual. But on the music side of yeah. things, what Man. is – what do you remember? What do, what do you remember from when you woke up out of the Matrix? What do you – what do you <laughs> what, what – what is like the first band where you're like, that's the fucking band, man? All right, it doesn't necessarily see. have to be like your favorite band, but you know, yeah. everybody's got there, – There's a couple different modes. Again, um, I mean I just talked because – we talked about booking shows at churches and stuff. So, I mean, I definitely, I mean, it's East Texas who doesn't grow up with like this Christian, you know, background. Uh, FYI, yeah, people, there's no venues in East Texas. We had to book at churches. We weren't were just like, you churches. know what would be really great is if we could do play music at churches. That just oh, I was know a bands thing. are being like, yeah, we just lied to the, because like some of the churches would be like, oh, we need to see your lyrics and know what you're, and so they would just make up shit and like, yeah, that's the lyrics to the song. Oh, okay. You're, you're, you're a Christian band. You can, like you had to pretend to be a Christian band to play at these places. <laughs> Printing out Devil Wears Prada lyrics and handing right. them off. <laughs> like who who's got a slick jacket on now? Right. It's the devil. Yeah. Oh, he does wear nice clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sly son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> Two fucking deep cuts on old Prada songs here, right? Um, I love that. Yeah, so, but yeah. So some of the earlier stuff. I mean, I grew up, of course, like you know, very Christian household and stuff. But what got me into music? I mean, like old Toby Mac stuff, where I was like wait like you can worship jesus but also be like hip-hop and rap and of course i you know moved past a lot of that pretty quickly and found like metal bands that you know like under oath and norma jean and like (laughs) pod definitely not as heavy as those other ones but but you know finding like this like heavier christian music that really got me i was like oh there's like this scene and like finding people that were in that scene and, and growing up through that and then just seeing how, you know, and this is all an evolution from there. I mean, where I'm at now is definitely, you know, deconstructed. I don't claim Christianity or anything anymore myself, 
So, but it's still cool to look back at a lot of those earlier days and be like, yeah, I mean, that was what really started is, is realizing like, yeah, I, I'm tired of hearing a lot of the same old kind of cookie cutter worship music on the radio or my mom's playing it or whatever. And being like, see mom, it's still Christian, but uh, you know, but it's heavy metal and, you know, and, and finding a whole new genre and, and scene through that kind of music. It's pretty wild because like it's hard to – I have this conversation with my best friends all the time and it's just like you. I can't just explain it to someone. Yeah. Like I'd have to start at the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like you can't just be like, so what is this like music scene you were in and like you did music? Like what kind of music? And it's like metalcore and they're like, what's that mean? It's like, I don't, fuck, dude. You know what <laughs> I'm asking Alexandria is? No. Oh, dude. Uh, let's tell screamo you. screamo that's what you called right. it <laughs> right like that's then, not what uh, we wanted to call it and we got offended and cringy whenever you said that but that's what it is that if, if, if you're, i'm gonna explain it to you yeah that's it <laughs> right and it's just like it was such a wild time because like thinking about like places that you played at or went to like it was a bunch of churches right and then there was like the tomato shed oh my and God, then yeah. There was like the People's Venue. I don't know if you remember that one that was across the way from Pleasant Hill that we had for like a year. Uh-huh. And then the, also Pleasant the, Hill. The spot, which was the set The spot up was, dude. At that church entirely. that was like next to, yeah, it was like all those. Like there was like a church set up in like a set of like uh, storage units kind of thing. So like it was do a, you know, a little warehouse. Do you know what it originally was? So my grandfather worked there. It was a race car component company that built and shipped race car components. That's interesting. <laughs> it was called RCI. It was Racer Components Incorporated. And it, what uh-huh. it is, is it's one of those shed buildings that East Texas is classically known for. And they were office buildings. So the first time I went to the spot, I was like, motherfucker, this is RCI. I used to spend a lot of time in this building. Like, yeah. insane. That's what, that's what it started out as. just fucking literally offices. Like, work yeah. offices. And I don't remember the name of the venue, but we had one that went really well for a while. That was it was the basement of the Catholic Church downtown. Dude, the torch. The torch. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it was at St. Mary's Cathedral or whatever. Yeah. Um, that shit was the bomb. That had some of my favorite shows that I remember. I saw Red Car Wire there. Mm-hmm. Man, I, what I would do to interview any of those dudes on this show. Um, do you remember Behold the Ark? Sounds familiar, yeah. It was like a super band with like Hamra and Scott and Jared Easterling and McFerrin and <laughs> all the original Fit for a King guys, and basically. Aaron yeah, yeah, and like, and they added in Hamra, and it was heavy as shit, nice. and it was so stupid. Um, Logan Martin might have even have been in it. He might have had three guitars, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, the torch was sick, and then the other one was obviously Brutones. Brutones. The man, Vineyard. Yeah. Bro. That one was Upstairs. great because even like when it wasn't a church, they still like had coffee for everybody constantly all the time. That was their thing. Like even going to metal shows in the evenings, they'd be like, all right, here's coffee for everyone. Get caffeinated up and go fuck everyone up in the mosh pit. Like, Dude, that building. <laughs> you'd be downstairs and you just hear. It's like You just like imagine like. 150, 200 pound, 250 pound people just running themselves. They're <laughs> just jumping up and down. I like, know. It's like, we're, this is like an upstairs 
building in a strip mall. <laughs> like, we can't be doing this. But, man, we did for years. Dude, so you remember – so do you remember your first concert and your first show? Man. Uh, and do you know what I mean by that when I say that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, first concert that was like I wanted to go to and I made the point because I went to plenty of like your – Toby Mac and Michael West or Matthew West and whatever other Christian concerts that were playing the oil palace with my parents. But like the first one that was like, I want to go, I'm going to, you know, break out and do something. I'm surprised my parents let me in junior high. I went and saw green day and Jimmy Eat world at American Airlines center on the American. Idiot Jesus Board. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what year must have this been? God, that was probably, let's see. I would have been in like seventh grade. So, so I would have been a freshman select too. Do you have like American Idiot tour? So yeah, that was the American Idiot tour. So probably what? Oh my god, why would they let you go to that? That's literally like the worst one. Like two thousand four, <laughs> two thousand five, something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, no, that's they must have said all of the words. You're like, there's oh, words I didn't yeah. even know existed. Well, I, didn't, I didn't go with my parents. I, I had my friend in junior high. His mom took us, and I remember us like spiking up our hair with mohawks and all the stuff and. I remember she was the cool mom of like our friend group because we were like, can we can we since we're at the concert, can we sing all the F words? And she's like, only because you're here, but not any other time. And we were like, fuck, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> bruh, that's amazing. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents would have known what was going on at that show. They I probably would never have let 11, 12 year old me or whatever go. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's like the first big concert. And then like show maybe was brew tones i think ivory line was playing brew tones yeah and that might be one of the first ones i can think of is going and seeing ivory line at brew tones back because i think they were still on like tooth and nail and stuff at that time or not Tooth. you remember nail. how you yeah, found yeah, out yeah. about that how do, you, how do you learn about this how do you learn about like <clears throat> a band is playing man i think then it was MySpace. It's just like <laughs> having my friends, like you know, just different people on on MySpace that were more in the scene and going to shows, and then posting the posters and stuff on there, and then me finally being like, "Oh, I gotta go! I gotta go check this out!" Because I mean, MySpace at that time, I mean, music was a big part of MySpace. Everybody had music and songs on their profiles, and you were sharing music from different bands all the time. Like bands blew up because MySpace. You always find these weird underground bands that I think never would have found any kind of like traction without the weird, like MySpace algorithms and like the way that people on there were so keen on finding the most unique and underground bands of all genres. That you will have to write that down. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the way you explain, because like, dude, there's a time where like MySpace was just for music, right? Is that's what it yeah. felt like, like, and we're gonna go. This uh, this is one of my favorite things because every time we've had a podcast in the past couple of weeks, which everybody that's listening is like, you put one out two weeks ago from September and you haven't had one since. Okay, well, <laughs> um, the we've talked about MySpace and just explaining it to people. Some people just don't know. I mean, a lot of people just don't know or don't remember. Um, but like the, it was such a big deal for artists, like paying for, uh, profile layouts and yeah. like 
dude, I just remember them being like, so, it was like when you had like a cool phone case, you had to like stay up at the times in order to like be good. And like part of your, part of your press release was like, how cool does your MySpace look? Right. Does your MySpace draw kids in to go see you? This is so wild. Yeah. But that was, I found, and then like with the MySpace era got me into some really Again, like bands I never would have found without, you know, then it's like these, like this real heavy, like I got into like super like grindcore and like just the darkest, heaviest, craziest stuff, you know, bands and I'm, I'm pulling from, I mean, like, you know, some of them kind of went on to do other things, but I mean, I'm trying to think like, you know, like uh, War From A Harlot's Mouth or Molotov Solution, like bands like, like with names like Gutted With Broken Glass and stuff like that and finding these like just obscure grindcore bands heavy heavy low low heavy heavy low low and the number 12 looks like you like finding both of those bands through that stuff what is the band i'm trying to think of because they uh waking the cadaver that's one that was kind of in that that realm you know man that was a that was a band (laughs) people are gonna go look them up and be like oh my god (laughs) who is this peak fella uh yeah Right. This is there. There was a, a interesting time when I was, you know, and I, I blame MySpace at this point. Now they're getting the blame instead of the praise. That, uh, you know, I found a lot of really great obscure and underground music through them, and I also found some real fucked up shit that honestly should never have been recorded and seen the light of day. But you just go onto these because it was MySpace was just this rabbit hole of unique music, and I would find everything. I was just obsessed with finding new bands and new artists and the craziest, the heaviest, the weirdest, the, you know, whatever it was, you could always find something really special or unique or weird. <laughs> and then, and then bulletins. And then I'm going to take a minute here to post this bulletin. Two hours later. Fuck. That was a long survey. <laughs> shout, shout out bulletin surveys. And we all read them right. and then we all filled them out. God, dude. Do you remember when YouTube, back when YouTube was free and it didn't have commercials and all of the content was trash, but awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of things that were trash. Right. um, (laughs) What was your first project in the trash name with it? Because everybody's first band has the worst name of all time. Oh God. Uh, I mean, the first band that we really took seriously Oh, uh, I think, oh God, what was it? Um, It was kind of a ripoff because I was listening to so much Impending Doom at the time. Uh, So uh, Your Perilous Fault, I think is what, yep, that's that's what it was. Your Perilous Fault was our first uh, like project that we really were playing shows and doing stuff with. I remember um, that. It was all right. <laughs> Super heavy. That's what I got known for people just calling me like, Pig squeal or pig squeal because it was. I remember that guttural pig squeal vocals and, I mean because it was like nail dead risen impending doom time like their first album sounds like, like a hell of a weekend that's all I was listening to, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like that's all I was listening to and it was heavy early impending doom and and stuff like that and so and like old like early suicide silence and yeah I just I was just wanted to be as guttural and squealy and heavy as we possibly could be damn i totally forgot about that as soon as you said it i was like so many memories just like rushed in and i was like <laughs> fuck i forgot about this shit 
Um, I think we may have covered it, but what do you? What was your favorite local venue that you used to go to? Um, I think the spot probably was my favorite. Pulled in some great. I saw the chariot there numerous times. You know, uh, the handshake murders playing that one. Uh, man, yeah, impending doom themselves actually played the spot once. So yeah, it These was were good. Greenlight Productions, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was awesome being able to work with Kevin on all of that shit. I don't know how, yeah, any of that worked out and how yeah. all of these awesome bands came to Tyler, but it definitely happened. It was a f- yeah. fucking a lot of fun to go and see. Yeah, there was a time where Tyler was getting some really big bands for a small East Texas town. I mean, Tyler's like the biggest city in East Texas for sure, but still in comparison to like Houston and Dallas and stuff around us, it's like we're nothing. Yeah. And and so to think, I mean, like what was it? Knights of Columbus, the Knights of Columbus Hall. I think we only got like three or four shows out of that place before they were like, nope, you guys are done. But like Asking Alexandria played there. They opened that show because this was like, Stand Up and Scream had just come out or almost came out. So they were not the asking Alexandra they are now or whatever. So, I mean, they opened that show for like Attack Attack when Caleb Shoma was doing the vocals for them. And like, I think Breathe Carolina and I See Stars were on that show. Barry Tomorrow was too, I think. <laughs> oh no, that was a different. Yeah, Barry Tomorrow played that show too. Uh, and then like later on going and seeing like The Red Chord and My Children, My Bride and Chelsea Grin at that venue. That was Wayne's first show. It was crazy. That was, that was what? Oh, Wham's for show? The Red Chord show was. Nice. The, yeah. the Knights of Columbus was just really expensive. That was the big thing yeah. for it. We were supposed to have Avocab in the world we knew, and that fell, fell apart. That would have been sick, though. Mm-hmm. The, the, that, do you, did you go to the Over the Limit 2 tour where Oceano played, and he pointed to the wall? No. I was, oh, God. I was I was about to bring that one up as I remember it. Like I think that Oceano show was probably like the last one there, wasn't it? Um, or close to it. It might have been because I heard it was crazy. I didn't. I, I missed that one, but I heard it was so. Nice. The attack attack one, we caught more shit for, um, because mm-hmm. the deal with the Knights of Columbus was Kevin wanted me to find a place that we could do shows at. So I found the Knights of Columbus, at, and they they would let us rent it out. And it was this much money for this much stuff. So I talked to Kevin. He's like, that seems reasonable. We can do that. And one of the bands spray painted the back of the venue. The the wall of the Knights of Columbus. I remember hearing about it. Wasn't it Breathe Carolina? So. And so. I think that's what I had heard. I don't know uh, if it ever gets back to them. I'm not blaming them. Uh, I mean, I 100% will. I'm not saying it was them. they were trying them, to pick up underage girls I, at that show too. So fuck Breathe Carolina. Yeah. Um, and so. That that shit was just like they were definitely pick, they were picking up trying to pick up underage girls at that show at least attempting. I don't know if it ended up succeeding. I surely hope not. But the one of the people that I know, they definitely were trying to. But they ended up spray painting the venue and doing a lot of like fucking vandalism according to the Knights of Columbus people. And they were like, "You have to be really good if we're going to have this happen." And so. We did all the other shows, and honestly, I just can't remember what happened. I want to say, like, I I, I want to say what happened is I kind of stopped working with Kevin and started working with Mike, and Mike wasn't interested in looking like Columbus, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, man, I was trying to think where where like Mike used to work. Because I was gonna say there's also that like in White House, like the warehouse, but that was also Greenlight, wasn't it? 
No, that was me too. Stegosaurus. So Stegofest and stuff like yeah. that. So I sat down with Anthony, the youth pastor, and talked to him. Most of these places, like, I got. The only ones that uh, I booked shows at that I didn't get personally, Preston Knight got us the attic because that was his church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, I didn't have Brutones, and then the spot had become a venue after people had worked with it. Um, but, like, the Lindo Library, Kyle pretty much found that, and then we just took that to a to- totally different level. Yeah. So... The warehouse was tight, but the fucking Stegofest was the problem with that one where I don't know if they wouldn't have let us have shows again. I don't remember exactly what happened um, because I want to say that we had shows after Stegofest. I think so, but I remember that one. There was a lot of issues with that. And again, it was like vandalism and stuff, but I think that was some of the kids that were there. No, I was Patrick Owen. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've buried the hatchet. He he and I are super cool. That shit was ten yeah. years ago. But he definitely was like, I'm gonna Van Dam Claude Van Dam that door, and then he ended up giving me like sixty bucks and an eighth of weed. So it ended up like yeah. working out really well for go. me. <laughs> Fucking Stephen Kenyon came out oh, to yeah. like help me repair the door, and we were like, this is so bad. And my grandfather ended up coming out and helped me put the door back together and all that shit, which was so fucking annoying. Uh, but everybody blamed like the moons over Mars guys from Marshall and they got a bad rap for so long and it wasn't oh, even man. them. Even though for some reason, I don't know why they, I think somebody had something against them. I don't remember. We booked so many bands for that. I just wanted it to go well. I wanted the CCs and the Fago. It was just supposed to be a dope show. Yeah. Um, but man, that, that like, thing maybe only did like three shows, but it blew my mind because I mean, White House, the small, you know, the small town on the outside of the small city of Tyler. We did hella shows. I mean, shows. cause some of it the pool so that we got at that like venue, I never, awesome. I still today it blows my mind because like Under Oath played that fucking venue, this little like bait like yep. like warehouse like a gym at a church in White House, Texas, literally hell hell house. Yeah, and it was like well we had like because that shows like Under Oath, Let Live, Stray from the Path, like Times of yeah, Grace. Times of Grace, which is like the the Kill Switch guys, like side project like Jesse and uh, mm-hmm. Adam, like mm-hmm. man, it's crazy that that happened. We also had like the chariot played there with um, uh, Greeley Estates. That yep, that one was a green light show that we got, and then we had uh, the band with the narwhals. What was oh it? yeah, I set my friends on uh, fire. Yeah, they played. We had EDIU there a couple of times. Greeley played there several times. It was. God, I forgot about the Greeley Chariot show. It was dope. It was such a cool place. I will always remember Greeley Chariot uh, because we saw Greeley Estates and then Chariot was supposed to go on after them. And I never got to see the Chariot set from them. I saw Chariot like 11 times throughout their run. So it was fine. But but that's because my friend Seth, who was also the lead guitarist in a lot of the bands and projects that I did, uh, bro- like dislocated his kneecap just dancing to the music playing over the PA between Greeley and Chariot's sets <laughs> and we had to have an ambulance Damn. come in and pick Wasn't him up that on like a thursday yeah because we had school the next morning because i remember i didn't go to school the next day because i yeah. went to the hospital with him from that show and just spent the night up there with him while they like you know figured, i mean it was like a dislocation it was pretty bad like you know he still needed like he was like had to wear like a like uh like not cast but just like a brace and stuff for a while I fucking remember that. Yeah, and and we what we roll up to the hospital to and because it was a chariot show, like for that tour specifically, they were doing something 
special. So we had like war paint on. So we had our faces painted all up and stuff for the show. And then we're rolling into the hospital at like, you know, 11 or 12, you know, midnight or whatever. Yeah. Just war paint on. I mean, like, what the fuck are these kids doing? <laughs> They're like, this is not good. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we were at a metal show and he hurt his leg dancing. It's like, oh, at the... At the, like moshing and stuff. I was like, no, the band wasn't even playing. <laughs> God, that that show and my show and my bride played yeah, there too. I, that was a prom night at White House High. There, I remember skipping prom to go see a, my children, my bride, and I will never regret that decision in my life. Because it was in it was uh, they played there in January too. Because mm-hmm. I had my appendix out. We were supposed we had one in a might have been the same one. We were supposed to play, and my appendix was yeah. Out. Both I, we won a battle of the bands. I, I never pissed. went to prom in high school. The two years, the junior and senior, my years. Uh, I was at concerts both of those nights because uh, one was my children, my bride show. Which one? And then the other one, I was in Dallas uh, to see Alice Anna. Damn, yeah. <laughs> big you and Joey, <laughs> big Joey. Yeah, band they right came there. to Crossroads uh, so many times. That boy loves him some Alisana. When he fucking Alisana, how the yeah. fuck you say it? He, whenever he brought him, I was like, "That's got to be like a dream come true, right. man." That's so cool. I was like, I was like that. I was like, mm-hmm. good for him. I was like, that's tight. <laughs> that's so tight. <laughs> and then somebody was like, "Fucking Crossroads used to be cool. Now Alisana's there like every other weekend." And I was like, Joey booked him there like once, and they're like, "Bullshit." And I texted him. I was Probably like, "How many times there? Like, three, like, like three or four times." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I and then I was like. Damn, I guess they played there a bunch, dude. I was like, I fucking told you. You didn't even live here. It might have been Logan now that uh-huh. I'm thinking about it. Shout out Logan Moody for the second time in this episode. <laughs> uh, but he's like, fucking Al Santa played a cross was basically the goddamn house band. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about something important. No, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> what's up? So what was your favorite show that you ever played? Oh, man. Um got to be i gotta say it's at it was at crossroads i was with the band pathos at the time uh still with seth he was in all of the projects that we did um but uh it was because i was super into which it sounds so weird but uh there's a band from uh california i'm trying to think exactly where because california is a big place um i can't think of the exact uh i think agora hills is where they're from originally but a band called the sheds and they were like a ska meets hardcore like they would bounce back and forth between the two it was really unique and different so it was like a hardcore band but then they would like have a horns like brass section that would be with them also so you'd be like two-stepping and skanking at the same time uh but yeah uh they Somehow, yeah, like Joey booked them to come play Crossroads, and I was a huge fan of them. I had seen them at Warp Tour the year before and was like hanging out with them at their booth there. And so it was just like, oh, holy shit. And I was like talking to them online. And I was like, guys, we're going to open for you. And I, I, they never had to see our set because they uh, arrived late because we were the first band on the bill. But we still like hung out with them at the show and stuff. So that was cool because I was got to say, it was like, I was, I opened for like one of my favorite bands at the time. You know, we at least we're on the same bill. And I got to see them. So that was really cool. Uh, yeah, and I think that's probably my favorite. And then we, we played some cool cool shows. Like Crossroads, we had some cool cool shows. Like I think we did like a 
it was like me and Mitch Howie have like the same like birthday weekend. And so we did like a dialectic pathos show for the birthday thing that weekend. It was fun. <laughs> what? Um, I forgot to ask this. Let's run down the bands real quick. How many bands were you in through your entire band career? <laughs> I think probably just those two that we really took seriously. Where your perilous fault and and pathos were the ones that really got shows and stuff. Okay, we try we we practiced a bunch and I think we tried to book one show and then nothing like happened. It was the same guys, but we want to do like a parody project, basically, kind of like you see what like Jared Alonji and stuff is doing nowadays, uh, where it's kind of songs that are making fun of the scene and kind of making fun of the current state of a lot of stuff while like also trying to be as heavy as we possibly could. And we, we went under the moniker of the crab that ate Chicago for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and it was just like, we had like a whole like super heavy death metal song about how much we hated trees and it all stemmed for me and Seth, like, like playing disc golf and like hitting trees all the time. And then like, we had to like, we ended up doing some kind of like work for a church or something. And they wanted us to clean all the like gumballs and pine needles and everything off like the entire church property and it was like central baptist so it's huge uh, <laughs> and so we we're just like fuck trees man and they we were like what well, we wrote a song where we we're just like fuck trees and we did that and it was ridiculous <laughs> because i think yeah the name of the song i i have this i have such a weird like memory on stuff like this i can go back forever it was arbor annihilation i think was the name of this song my god yeah. But yeah, we did because uh, we played shows with uh, My Ticket Home was a band we got to open for. We played for Mouth of the South. Uh, Where did you open for My Ticket Home? Uh, Crossroads as well, actually. Wow. Yeah. I, for, I just thought of another venue, the Flint. I forgot about that place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what are you up to now? What is, what is what does Pake do now? We know that you do two podcasts. We, yeah. we've we've pretty much scraped a little bit of the tip of that. But what what else? What do you what are you up to? What do you do? Man, if I'm not podcasting, I'm <laughs> working. Uh, but I love my job. I've had you know for eight years, eight and a half years now. Um, I'm a respite caregiver for uh, a kid with special needs. I say kid. He's like 23 now. I've been with him since he was 14. So. It's like seeing him grow, which is crazy. But as a kid with cerebral palsy, uh, nonverbal, just like fully, uh, you know, needs help with everything. Uh, and yeah, I just kind of took that on. Kind of, you know, I, I quit. I was like working at Walmart forever ago and left that job so I could f- like focus on playing music. And, you know, we did that a couple years. And then when the scene was kind of not working out and things weren't really going as well. There was like, I need another job, but I didn't want to go back to like retail or some stupid bullshit. And so it was just like, it was a random thing that I happened to find that job and I've stuck with it since. And I absolutely love it. I never knew I had that kind of like patience and care, but honestly, like that kid has changed my life and probably done better for me than I ever could say I've done for him. And so I've loved that. And so it's kind of opened up, you know, so I've worked with a, uh, you know, not just special needs, but also like able-bodied, like quote unquote normal, who's fucking normal these days, but you know, kids, but just have to have different like uh, social issues or like anger and behavioral problems. And so I do like mentorship and stuff with, with elementary kids who are needing a little extra 
you know, a, a voice to listen to them or somebody to kind of help guide them in ways and stuff. And so I've been doing some of that stuff too. And it's super uh, awesome. Like <laughs> never would have seen myself doing this like 10 years ago, but I'm, I'm having a blast with it. What do you, um, what do you like the most about it? And uh, it's, it's just honestly, like it is very rewarding. Uh, but I mean, definitely like the main job with, with the kid that I take care of him because it's a full, you know, 40 plus hours a week. I usually work a lot more uh, than 40 a week, but yeah, I mean, it's just constant. Cause I mean, there's like, I mean, let's honestly, the dirty jobs part of it. I mean, cause he's like 23, but he's fully reliant on people. I mean, I still like, I have to feed him and bathe him and like change diapers and do, you know, there's a lot of like that stuff to it, but also, you know, he's nonverbal and he can't do a lot of things physically himself, but like mentally, like he's still there and like, he's a normal person. And so we can really connect on like, you know, we have a, an understanding and I know how to communicate with him, even though he can't speak, you know, we have our ways of, of communicating and music has been a big part of our relationship because I will just drive around and jam with him. And like, I've turned him onto so much like really cool music that he really enjoys that, you know, so it's just like spending time and doing that. Um, that's what I love the most about it is I've just like found that's like, you you see you're on discord here. My like username is professional friend. I'm professional friend on everything. Cause like, I remember somebody asking me before I even started that job, like when I was still trying to make music work. And I was just like, you know, don't think about like what's realistic or what, you know, Oh, you have to go to school for this. It was like, but if you could pick any dream job real or not, what would it be? And that was the first thing I said. It was like, how do I find a way to become a professional friend? It's like, if I can make a living or, you know, make money or spend my time just getting to con like connect with people and communicate and, and be a friend and be somebody that somebody can lean on. It's like, if there's some way I can do that. That's what I want to do. And then like maybe two years later, I found this job and I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what I was looking for and didn't even know it. That's incredible. What do you, if you, if there are people listening that have been wanting to get into something like that or have had worked with special needs people and don't know how to do that, what what would steps would you tell them to take? Man, uh, that's hard because I kind of, it just, I fell into it. Just having other friends, like a friend who was, you know, taking care of him at the time and then would, you know, bring him around to some of the stuff that we would do. Cause I, I used to, uh, <laughs> work for kind of a, uh, youth outreach organization here in Tyler. It was a faith-based thing. Again, different time for me, but I still love what I, uh, they do and what they did. But I mean, you would know it as SCAD, uh, Steal, Kill, and Destroy, uh, <laughs> which we did like shows and stuff with them. I think like Forever the Sickest Kids would do stuff with us with that stuff and different bands. And uh, yeah, so it was like, I was like a leader in that for a little bit. And then one of the other people that was a leader in that was working with Riley, his name of the kid. Uh, and so we would do like little like outreach things for the teens and stuff and like go out and do stuff. She would bring him along. And I was like hanging out with him. I was like, oh, this kid's cool. And it got to a point finally, it's just like, well, we need a little extra somebody. So I was like, I mean, I'll give it a shot. I don't have a job right now and I'm hurting for money. And it's something I could maybe, you know, see what I think about it. And I, I, I loved it. So I don't know to give that kind of advice for if somebody's wanting to look into that hard to say because i didn't really have to look too much it kind of found me i mean definitely there's different like depending on where you live uh there's different special needs day programs and camps and all kinds of stuff for 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 kids and people of all kinds of 
abilities, disabilities, needs, and ages. Um, and I just would say, you know, however you can go around doing it is just look into those things, try to find what these like, uh, day programs and, and school things, uh, you know, high, like high schools or elementary schools, whatever, like just public schools that have special needs and like, you know, uh, uh, life skills classes and stuff, even if you're not like a teacher, always looking for aids and and people who are who are going to, you know, be there to kind of help out. So maybe if that's something you're interested in, call around to schools and stuff and look into that. Hell yeah. Okay. So that kind of... I don't really have any more music stuff that kind of rolls into the uh, the the beginning of these shows. What we're doing now with season four, which you're the uh, first episode of season four. I forgot to tell you, um, <laughs> we are kind of telling stories as we go, but mostly just getting to know the person and what they mean to nice. me and how they've you know impacted and changed what I've done to get to where I am right now with the music podcast and all that stuff. So that's kind of it for what I have on that. Now I have like fun, quick questions that are like cool and it's a different side of Pake. Are you ready? <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Tell us something that is not a known fact about you, but the listeners might find fascinating. Oh man. Hmm. That is really hard. I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Um, I'm also a huge professional wrestling fan. <laughs> That's my like kind of like okay, nerdy outlet let's... is like pro wrestling and stuff. Mainly, I haven't watched WWE in years, but like AEW is like the new like you know all elite wrestling and stuff. I because I, I used to watch WWE a lot, kind of growing up. I'd be kind of on and off on it, and I was kind of you know like this laps fan. Fun. Like I just kind of got tired of a lot of that, and then AEW started like three years ago, and a lot of like my favorites from like indie stuff that I was kind of keeping up with a little bit here and there were, were signing on to them. And I started it, you know, from the ground, you know, watching it from the very beginning and I've stuck with it and I'm a huge fan of that. So what would be your walkout music if you were going to be that guy? Oh, I've spent so much time thinking about that. <laughs> That's what it is. Anybody who has any kind of like, interest in wrestling or maybe even if you don't you still have that thought of like man but if i had some like wrestling like entrance music what would it be fun fact yeah. to the viewers i my very first wrestling uh live wrestling show i saw with pake yeah yeah they had those like dallas like indie guys at it on silent night that was really cool i wish i could have seen wild. more of it this <laughs> shit was absolutely bananas all day like and if you guys are curious what we're talking about, we kind of said it, but Unsilent Night is a music a music venue. It's a music venue. <laughs> it's a music uh, festival put on by Third String Productions. And they had like five different rooms at Gillies, which used to be the Palladium, if you guys don't know that. And in one of the rooms, dude, oh, man. It just had, they had a, literally a fucking big-ass like wrestling mat fucking – what do you call it? It wasn't just a mat. I mean, it is, but like, it's fucking – yeah, it was a ring. This is the word I'm looking for. I'm a fucking newbie over here. And <laughs> they just they just had intense ass cool uh fights in between. It was just it was not what I was expecting. It was pretty badass. Yeah. So I only got to see like 
a little bit of like one of those matches because I was just so busy like jumping stage to stage. There was a lot of bands and stuff that were playing that I was really interested on seeing. So that was a fun night. That was really cool. Yeah, it was. So walkout music. Did we get to it or did I cut you off? Yeah, you asked. I still I've been uh, stalling. Um, <laughs> man, because there's so many different ways I could go. Uh, I was like, because it depends on like the character I wanted to play. Yes, yeah, several um, here. But uh, even though I I, I I was actually listening to that uh, that we butter the bread with butter that their new album that came out this year, that would be kind of like a. You know, to be like a, a cocky kind of European style, like guys have this like, you know, but also like a, a badass. That would be kind of fun to like have this like, you know, German techno playing and then it just like goes into a breakdown. That would be kind of fun. Maybe one of theirs. <laughs> okay. See, I wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay. What if you could be any superhero, who would it be and why? Oh man, uh, like who my favorite hero is usually kind of swaps around a lot. Uh, man, if I could be any superhero, I mean, Spider-Man's fucking great. I do love some Spider-Man. Would be great. Um, there's my, my Marvel answer is Spider-Man, DC answer is Flash. That's a good one. Does it have anything to do with Grant Gustin? I, I, I'm so far behind. I stopped watching all of those shows. I'm like four seasons behind on all those shows, but I was really watching them a lot for a while. And I love Grant Gustin's portrayal of the flash of Barry Allen. I, think I watched incredible. them religiously. And then, ugh, he is the, I watched, whew, I finished arrow when it, when, uh, we were really behind, but then they like finished the show. So we caught up and finished that. <sighs> that was difficult little humble brag my own thing i should be getting to like meet and hang out with steven amell in atlanta in a couple months so <laughs> see see that would have been the thing to tell the <laughs> listeners the fascinating <laughs> unknown fact right there what is what's that all about explain oh, man yeah oh that's like a whole other thing is uh with with the podcasting and pop culture stuff is i've also gotten into uh like conventions like kind of like your comic-con kind of stuff um so there's a convention in Atlanta in March. So if you're in the Atlanta area, come. Uh, it's called the Pandemic Dead Tour. So it's a lot of Walking Dead stuff. So it's a lot, like, mo- a lot of the cast of The Walking Dead. But then it's also like the tour side of it. So there's all kinds of other people like Bruce Campbell, Fre- uh, like uh, Robert England, Stephen Amell, uh, lots of stuff coming in. And so I get hooked up with these conventions and I do the panel moderating. So we get you know actors for movies and TV shows and stuff on stage. And then I get to sit up there on stage with them with a microphone and like basically do like a live interview Q and a in front of an audience, take audience questions. That is a lot of fun. I've gotten into that the past couple of years with some pretty cool opportunities. I've got to meet and interview some really interesting people. Probably my favorite, even though I was terrified and I thought it was going horribly, but then it just turns out he's like a super introvert and I kind of was able to bring him out of his shell, but John Bernthal, uh, the Punisher for Netflix Punisher and he was Shane on The Walking Dead. I ended up having a really cool panel with him and some of the guys from The Punisher show. And what's this event called? Uh, so the one that I'm doing in March is a Fandemic, which is a very unfortunate name, but they were named that before the COVID-19 stuff happened. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so like Fandemic Dead 
tour, I think it is like the last weekend in March, like March, or maybe not the last, like the 19th, 18th or 19th is when it starts. Something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look at my dates. It's like, I've got my hotel and flight booked, so I just got to make sure I know when to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, cool. That's, a, see, cool humble brags. He got it out of you. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite movie franchise, my guy? Oh, I'm a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe guy, MCU stuff. I am obsessed with Marvel stuff. Love it. Did, like, did you – I got a buddy that's ranked all of them and he continues to add to his list. Do you have a list of 35 fucking movies in order? Man, um, I think I've done it before, but I haven't done it recently. So there's been a lot more added since you last see time Spider-Man? I did it. I did see Spider-Man. I, I go opening po- night for This poor bastard fucking added all five Spider-Man movies now too. <laughs> you breeded his entire fucking Oh, yeah. Shit. So like even like the – man – I don't know. Can we spoil that already? I guess it's been long enough, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're in a whole other year. That shit came out last fucking right. year. At this point, if you haven't seen it, it's on you. But yeah, I mean, I guess with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showing up in No Way Home, and it's like, I guess, yeah, like those movies are all canon now. So can you you go back and add them? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. Man. And so, yeah. MCU. So what's your favorite MCU movie? And what's your least favorite one? Okay. Um, again, with like some of the newer ones, like I could reassess, but I like to say my favorite, just because it's so unique and different from the rest of them, uh, Ant-Man, I think is my favorite. I love that it's just, it's a heist movie with Paul Rudd, but it's still Marvel. Uh, <laughs> so Ant-Man's probably my favorite. And then least favorite is probably Thor The Dark World. Really? Honestly, like the, the first two Thor movies are kind of meh for me. Uh, when Taika Waititi took over as director, that's where like Ragnarok was incredible and he's doing Love and Thunder, the next Thor movie that's coming out in like a, like two years or so. And I'm excited for that. But like the earlier Thor stuff, mm, it's not that great. <laughs> what was your favorite music website or favorite website to download from and what mix CD was your favorite you ever made? Oh, shit. Well, I mean... Here's a 20 year old question. Back in the day, I mean, (laughs) LimeWire was the way to go for getting music, even though you would give your computer cancer at the same time. No, that's just how it worked. Uh, Yeah, I would just look up all kinds of of music. Um, I don't know about the. I I made some interesting mix CDs with like, like the heavy grindcore kind of stuff on it. Just like, you know, Ultimate Brutality Mix, you know, or whatever. Uh, Ultimate Brutality yeah. Mix 1. But uh, <clears throat> maybe one of my favorite mix CDs is not one I made, but one somebody made for me. Like, just like this. And it sounds because I said, like, this girl on the school bus. But, like, she was so much older than me because I was, like, in junior high and she was, like, probably a junior or senior in high school. So, like, there was nothing like that involved. Like, it was just, but she was just cool. And I remember, like, telling her about some stuff. So it's funny because, like, <laughs> she didn't do the assignment 100%. But she kind of did because I was like trying to find like heavier bands. And so I was like, you know, Atreyu. I was like, what's some stuff like Atreyu? And she put some Atreyu songs on there. But then she also just mixed in a bunch of not heavy stuff at all, but ended up being stuff that I like fell in love with. I mean, she did add some like uh, Smile Empty Soul and stuff like that. But like that's where I like really got into like Jack's Mannequin. Because that stuff was on there. Uh, throwing in some like Modest Mouse and stuff like that. 
So I was like, eh, it's not exactly like a trade, but I'm also finding some other stuff that I'm really enjoying. <laughs> it's not exactly like a trade. <laughs> What's the best video game you've ever played and why? Oh, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> the second one? Yeah, the second. I mean, both of them are great, but the second one, my God. I mean, there's there's a few games that have made me cry playing them. I just get so emotionally invested. Uh, that's definitely one of them. Uh both Last of Us games will do that to me, though. The Spider-Man, the first, like, Spider-Man game for the PS4 was emotionally great. But yeah, but Red Dead Redemption is probably my favorite game of all time. Especially the second one just gets gets you deep emotionally. But there's just so much to that. Because, like, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's Grand Theft Auto on horses, you know. But uh, <laughs> That's funny. I call it Grand Theft Auto horse. Right. But but the story really is so deep and especially when you've played the first one and like you're like seeing a lot of these characters come back, but it's a prequel. So you're like seeing them in kind of a different light or what led to certain things. And there's just so much to that game, like and even if I didn't feel like doing the missions and main storyline, I could get on that game and literally spend two or three hours just going to like the saloon or whatever and playing blackjack and dominoes and stuff at the bar, like you know, at the like the tables and stuff there and i would just spend hours just doing that and that'd be all i would do that day on that game playing is like i don't even care about the story i'm just playing dominoes on a video game (laughs) that's pretty yeah that's pretty fucking incredible okay let's see (laughs) what is your favorite drink that nobody would suspect drink or like drank uh (laughs) Well, since you asked, we'll go with both. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a, I love horchata. If I can find some really good horchata, I'm all over that. Okay. Uh, then, like, drank. Um, honestly, it's kind of like, hmm, yes, of course, quite. But I, I love a good gin and tonic. I really do. I love a good do gin and tonic. Do you? Yeah. This guy, look at this guy. <laughs> fucking fancy right. as hell. He's doing a, a gin and tonic kind of man. <laughs> okay, let's see. I'm almost quite done here. Um, oh, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self if you could? Um, let's see. How deep do I go here? Um, as deep as you want to go, baby. Yeah. Uh. I don't know, because it's one of those things that's hard to say, you know, you don't want to, like, tell yourself to, like, go back, you know, to, like, change anything, because everything that I've done, whether it was a good or bad choice, has led to who I am today, and I feel like... Hey, you believe in Marvel time travel? That shit's not going to change. Yeah, so so it's like, you know, so I feel like, you know, you don't want to, like, change anything that you did, because, you know, I said everything's kind of led... I mean, definitely it would be great to know, you know, maybe don't make some of the really stupid decisions or whatever, save yourself from (laughs) some heartache, but, uh... But yeah, just to just keep a lot of faith in myself and and believe in myself a little more. I feel like, you know, I, I still tend to slip up. I, I deal with like depression and anxiety and stuff from time to time. You know, I, I and it's, it's easy to just kind of feel even with so many friends and like really great opportunities in life. Like I have to like remind myself that like, man, I've, I've really got a lot of really cool things going on. But it's easy for me still to kind of sit in this little bubble and being like, but does anybody really like me? And, you know, am I really accomplishing anything in life? And am I really worth this or that? 
And so, I mean, I still struggle that with today, but you know, to go back to my younger self when it got really hard just to be like, Hey, keep believing in yourself. Keep having that faith that like you, you are worth it. And that, you know, the people that you spend time with, <laughs> they don't hate every second that they're spending time with you. I promise they, they, they're there because you are important and you're worth it and you will meet incredible people and you'll have incredible opportunities and you'll get to do really cool things in life. If you just go for it and believe in yourself and, and feel that you're worth it, you know? Yes, I do. That is, see, look at that. Look at you. you weren't even sure what you were going to say. You nailed it. <laughs> okay. So the last thing we've got before the, Final question, which we always do a final question with every guest to see what they answer, is Suggestion Avenue. It's time to rock on down to... I fucked it up. Gonna rock down to Suggestion Avenue. There you go. But will um, we take it higher? I'm, I'm already like a mile up, dog. <laughs> it's not too much. I mean, I could go farther, but... I'm in Texas. So it's harder for you me have... to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh do you have any bands or TV shows or podcasts, comic books, anything like that that you're just like, these are just criminally underrated and they're really, really good. And maybe it's someone you know or something like that that you just want to – you can even be a bunch of them. All just right. want to shout out. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned them once in my you know, uh, music, you know, top albums and stuff. So yeah, again, if you're like me and you like to find really unique and weird music uh, – Check out the band Fire Kid, all lowercase, all one word, F-I-R-E-K-I-D. Uh, so there's some friends of mine, originally from Nashville, out of uh, Florence, Alabama now, that are, yeah, like I said, it's kind of like bluegrass, folky music. It's like a lot of flat picking stuff on a guitar, acoustic guitar. But then it's a lot of, you know, like kind of lo-fi and hip-hop beats and and electronic stuff that they throw in with it. And Dylan, the the songwriter, singer, he's super into a lot of like the philosophy and metaphysical stuff. And so a lot of like lyrics are pretty deep and like multidimensional. And it's, so if you're into something like interesting, it's super underrated. And, you know, they, I've, I've heard like their songs on like a radio, like, like on like in a gas station, like two or three times. And it's always crazy. I'm like, Oh my God, that's, <laughs> I didn't know these guys. Uh, but like, yeah, they just don't get out that much. And so it's like a real small little fan base. And yeah, so I would highly recommend checking them out if you're into some very unique kind of chill music. Okay. Um, and who, what else? For, uh, <coughs> what if, You can also just shout one. Sorry, I don't know. What else, Peg? Yeah. Give me more. Uh, again, I need I said, more. The, Feed the machine. <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, wrestling stuff, if you are... Uh, ever were a fan of wrestling and aren't now or got tired of a lot of stuff check out aew aew dynamite wednesday nights on tbs starting tonight or well, when we're recording this tonight uh whenever it comes out they're, they're running um so yeah uh if you're kind of used to like wrestling or are interested in what's going on in modern pro wrestling on tv now forget about the Vince McMahon show. Nobody cares. Uh, go check out what's going on on all elite wrestling. Cause it's been some great stuff. <laughs> CM Punk's over there. So go check him out. <laughs> CM Punk's over there. Go check his ass out. <laughs> uh, man, I'm trying to think if there's any thing else really. Uh, I mean like, you know, a lot of the TV shows I said I'm watching right now, uh, 
I mean, yeah, all of the Marvel Disney Plus shows are incredible and really build that. So if you're a Marvel fan and you haven't watched them for some reason, do it. WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier. Uh, Hawkeye was incredible. Loki was really good. Hawkeye was really yeah. good. Definitely recommend. And Star Wars. Even if like you think the Star Wars sequels sucked, which I enjoyed them, but they were definitely not the best. Uh, it was very disjointed is the nicest way you can put it. Um, then definitely check out like what, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau were doing with the Star Wars shows on Disney Plus as well. The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett now, like it's Star Wars done right because it's just like a whole new story. See, I haven't seen Book of Boba Fett. Boba! <laughs> Boba Fett! <laughs> Bulbasaur! Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, fucking Book of Bulbasaur. God damn it. <laughs> um, so, if I can... I haven't seen that, but I, I'm waiting because I know there's two episodes out. Yeah. We did this with Hawkeye where we waited and then we watched a bunch of it and it was really good. But that was also because I was in disbelief that they could get me to like fucking Hawkeye. Uh-huh. <laughs> And because that motherfucker, I mean, nothing against him, but everything against him, you know? Right. So he's just, he's just, he's fucking Hawkeye. And the only reason that that show is cool is because it's all cool. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It all had to be cool and it was all fucking good, but I was really surprised that I enjoyed Hawkeye as much as I did. Yeah, it was. So um, but a lot of that is being honestly, like a big nerd of like the crossovers and stuff because we're getting. You know, without spoiling so too much, crossovers. you know, but I mean, if you're like a fan of the Netflix Marvel stuff. No, nah, fuck them. We spoil shit on this yeah. show. That was a Christmas show. It fucking Kingpin's yeah. in and it was awesome. Vincent D'Onofrio's back as Kingpin, as Wilson Fisk, in the MCU, in Hawkeye. So, it's it's great. And then, to I me, mean, Charlie Cox, Daredevil, showed up in No Way Home. So, like, those are crossing over. And so to see that stuff Whoa, happening. Whoa, dude. Spoiler. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> to see that stuff happening. Uh Great, because I've been watching all this Marvel stuff for years and years and years to see it all coming together. I'm like, holy shit. It's like when the CW was going to pay off, but didn't. Right. I mean, we did get, I do remember they brought in Ezra Miller onto the CW, onto like that big crossover thing. That was tight. Yeah. But what you had to sit through in order to get Uh that was years of bullshit. Right. (laughs) Um, No, so there's that. And then the I heard a thing on a podcast, and they were talking about how Vincent D'Onofrio, you know, they zoom out and you hear at the end of the thing, and they're like, "You think that Echo like shot it next to his ear, so he's he's hearing impaired?" Hmm, be interesting. Yeah, because right? I, mean, I don't think they brought a- him in just to kill him off. So obviously, he's got to be a much bigger deal. There's bigger plans. <laughs> yeah. There's bigger plans at play. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty badass. Okay. Uh, so the last question, we always have a season finale question or episode finale, not season, an episode finale question. Since you are the, since you're the full, since you're the foist guy, you're the foist. You, uh, you get to do it. I've always wanted to be the foist. You're the, you're you're the foist. You're the foist, my guy. (laughs) So it's called, where were you when? Okay. Okay. Now, you get to choose a number between 1 and 37. Huh. All right. Uh, I'm going to let my phone do that for me. 
because I would pick just gonna the, the the magic of technology. Hey Siri, give me a number between one and thirty-seven. A random number between one and thirty-seven is eleven. All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> Where were you when you found out Santa wasn't real? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect coming off the heels of Christmas. All right. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, um, fuck. So, yeah, that one, I think it was just, I was probably like seven. You, damn, you should have been like, what? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck you mean? You, He's not real. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what are you fucking today, I guess? <laughs> right now. Thanks, Patrick. Um. <laughs> do, 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 do. We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> there it is. Nailed it. Um, no, I was probably like seven or eight. Uh, and yeah, it was just one of those. It, it wasn't like a big deal. It was just kind of, I guess, as kids get old enough to like start like having like critical thinking skills and really piecing stuff together. It's like, well, Santa looks very different at the mall every year. Like he was black last year and now he's some white guy, uh, you know, <laughs> or, you know, just different things. Uh, it really was like super nonchalant. Like I remember just, I don't even remember if it was around Christmas time. It probably was, but I just remember being like asking my parents into my like room as I was going to bed. And I was like, Hey, is Santa really real? Or is it you guys? Like, just like laying it out. And so, I mean, when a kid asks at that point, I would think most parents then are just like aren't going to keep playing along at that point when they're a little older. I mean, at seven like years old, you're like, okay, it's probably around that age to start kind of aging out of it anyway. I mean, some kids hold on to the magic for longer, and that is okay. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's really all it was was just me like asking, just being like, all right, be up in front with me, be honest with me, tell me how it is. And yeah, they're like, yeah, no, it's just us. But then I kept it up like for my, I, I'm the oldest of three kids, so. My two younger brothers, I make sure to, I made sure to keep it up for them. And then it felt kind of cool because I was like the oldest kid and I was like in on the secret with my parents every year around Christmas. And I got to play along and be like, yeah, yeah, you guys better go to bed or Santa's not going to bring you anything. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. See, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so he was about 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 tree fitting mm-hmm. and, and did it ever um did it ever occur to you that you were upset that they lied to you? Not really. I kind of, cause I kind of understood like, that's just kind of, that's the Christmas spirit. I believe, you know, like I got it. I, even when I kind of figured it out and like went along and like asked for sure. Then I was like, but I got it because like I was, I was old enough then to understand, like to see the way that my little brothers were super into it. And like, it was like this magical unexplainable thing that I was like, it's cool. That's why people, that's why parents lie to their children about things like the Easter Bunny and Santa and Tooth Fairy and all that is because it's like this little bit of extra magic. And I think that's great even nowadays because kids grow up so fast and there's so much ridiculous shit in the world that it's like a little bit of just unexplained magic is good for kids, I think. Man, you go just a little bit and it's like, of oh, Monica, and, and then you said it too fast. And I was like, damn, Pake's on his shit. Jeez Louise. Okay. Um, well, that pretty much concludes awesome. everything I have for you. Man, Do you I have anything know. for me? <laughs> I did. I had a blast. It was great. Did you have a good time? Just kind of chatting. And yeah, 
Hell yeah. Man, just bringing up some of those like yeah, venues and bands and memories from back in the day. It's always good to reminisce because even though I'm like not really even in the music scene anymore necessarily, I listen to a lot of music still and I love music dearly. But I just, you know, with work and everything else I do, like I just don't have the time and I haven't really found the, the resources and stuff, but I do miss it. There's a, still to this day, I'm just like, but wouldn't it be cool to just have a group of people together and be in a band and be playing shows and stuff. I still, I still think about it. I do miss it. <laughs> See, it's always there. You, you can take, you can take the, the amplifier out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of the amplifier. I don't know what I was going to say. It was going to say like the electricity out of the amp, but the amp out of the electricity. Honestly, it all is real stupid. And that's why people listen to the show. Cause it's dumb as hell. Um, do you want to plug yourself? Um, again, yeah, just kind of, we talked about it a lot at the, the top, but yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more of me talk about stuff and nerd out about TV shows and movies, then check out my podcasts. Uh, if you want to hear any more of me at all, uh, yeah, so uh, Strange Indeed, you can find us at podcastica, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-C-A dot com. Uh, there's a network there, so there's a bunch of other podcasts about different shows and stuff. So Strange Indeed is the one that I'm on. And then also you can go to Run For Your Lives podcast dot com for the movie one. So yeah, uh, check us out. We're on all podcast <laughs> platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, YouTube I heart wherever we're everywhere <laughs> and tell the people where you're going to be in is it April, March, March. Yeah. March. Uh, let me go ahead and make sure I have the exact dates so I can plug that for sure. So pandemic dead tour be March 18th through the 20th at the uh, Georgia world Congress center in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're in the Atlanta area and want to see Walking Dead and horror and other actors and stuff, I can't say for sure. I know we'll have some Marvel stuff we're looking at. I mean, Michael Rooker, Yondu from Guardians will be there for sure. Blue Merle. Uh, Everybody, Blue Merle's going to be yeah. there. Yeah, Blue Merle's Sorry there. Uh, his ass for a year. And I think like, we're, who the fuck is Blue think, Merle? <laughs> They're looking at maybe trying to get a couple more Marvels, but I'm not going to say anything about it because I don't know if any of that's going to actually Chris come through. Chris Evans but, is coming. But but yeah, there's a lot. So a lot of Walking Dead. So if you're a Walking Dead fan, like most all of the cast is there from Walking Dead. At least a lot. Of Carl's going to be there. Uh, Carl Glenn will be there. Glenn will be there. Yeah, Stephen Young, Chandler Riggs. Speckle's going to be there. Oh my god. Everybody's like, who the fuck is Speckle? Only the real ones know who Speckle is. Um, that See, this is incredible. So yeah. What do you, if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, Ryan Hurst will be there. Opie. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, so that weekend in Atlanta, come out and I'll be doing some panels, moderating panels, so you can see me on stage. I don't know who I'm doing panels with or at what times but uh if you come and you find me and you hear me come See? say hi because if somebody comes up and says hey you are on uh, you guys are getting paid 
then you'll make Patrick I'd be really happy. Absolutely but. fucking floored. <laughs> You'd have to text me and be like, "What are your fans found me?" And I'd be like, "What fucking fans?" Right. <laughs> be like, you be like, I was like, I don't even construct fans any longer. Like, no fucking a person, a human being. <laughs> well, Peg, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and I, I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much for giving us your time and and spending yeah. it with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the opportunity and the offer. Of course, Doc. Absolutely. You take care. Yeah, you too. All right. What another fantastic episode. Can you believe it? I just keep finding guests that are interesting as fuck. It's pretty dope. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. Want to be a big shout out to Pate. Thanks for coming on the show. Please go check out Strange Indeed as well as the Run For Your Lives podcast. It would probably mean a lot to him if he got some new followers or followers, listeners. Um, and hey, you might have learned something or found something that you really like in, in turn as well. If you liked this episode, please like, rate, subscribe. Give us some stars, uh, a comment, um, feedback. That shit would be dope. We would love that. Also, if you're a musician, hit us up. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Hulu. Kidding. Um, at you guys pod. Email us. Thank you so much, everyone. Honestly, we really appreciate all the support that you uh, give us. It's really snowy here, so I think I'm gonna. I don't know. I, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fade out with something really. I don't know. Wintery. We'll find out. Until next time. Ooh. I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek preview. The next episode. So this is coming out today on Sunday, the eighth or some shit. It's ninth. The next episode will be with someone who was in a band with someone else that we've already had on the podcast. Okay. See you later. Hope you like the music. <laughs>